Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. This is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. My name is Kara Carper. I have a master's degree in holistic health, and I've also been a licensed nutritionist for 10 years. And you've probably heard us many times on Dishing Up Nutrition say, food matters. Today, we want to help you understand just how much food does matter when it comes to fertility. And frankly, how healthy you are prior to becoming pregnant really matters. We also understand that your nutritional status will determine how quickly you can become pregnant, and it's definitely going to determine the health of your baby. So what you're eating day in and day out is going to influence your health. You know, food matters because it affects the fertility of women and men. People often think, you know, it's just the female that needs to focus on nutrition. But a few years ago... I remember when I was in my master's program and taking a course, one of my instructors mentioned a saying by Ann Wigmore. She was one of the first holistic health practitioners. And this is a quote by her. She said, the food you eat can be either the safest and most powerful form of medicine or the slowest form of poison. That's a good one. Isn't that good? Good one to remember. I know. So like what you're doing every day it's, I always think of it, it's either safe or unsafe. Yep. There's really not like an in-between. Yep. <laughs> Anne Wigmore was born in 1909. And, you know, even in the 1900s, she got it that food matters. And it especially matters with fertility. So you heard another voice there. And joining me today as co-host is Brittany Thomas. Sorry, Brittany Vincent. I'm getting used to that, too. Yes. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you, Cara. Your marriage. And she's a registered and licensed dietitian at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And she really knows a lot about hormones. And, you know, she specializes in helping couples with fertility issues. So it's great to be here together. Good morning. You know, I, from working with clients with infertility and knowing people in my personal life, I know it's a very stressful and emotional um, time in their life. And often they feel really alone in it. And unfortunately, it is a growing problem. At least seven and a half million women between the ages of 15 and 44 struggle with infertility. And those rates continue to increase. So when I'm meeting with these couples, often they have a lot of questions for me. And one of the many questions that I often get is, why has infertility become such an issue for so many couples? And that's that's a great question. And when we really look at the research, there are direct links to toxins in our environment and to nutritional deficiency. So again, food really, really does matter. It really does, especially when it comes to fertility. And there's an actual research study that indicates women with unexplained infertility show significant dietary deficiencies compared to, you know, fertile women Mm -hmm. who can become pregnant more easily. 
And that makes a lot of sense. It's a given fact that if a body is depleted of nutrients and generally poorly nourished, that the body will not support a pregnancy. So that study was done in 2017. It was reported in Reproductive Science. And if anyone's a science geek and wants to look that up, it's titled, May Underdiagnosed Nutrition Imbalances Be Responsible for a Portion of So-Called Unexplained Infertility? Um, And so, Brittany, we were kind of talking before the show Mm -hmm. about what are some of those nutritional deficiencies that might impact you know, making it more difficult for someone to become pregnant. Um, And zinc is definitely one of them. It is. So one meta-analysis found that zinc level in the seminal plasma of infertile males was significantly lower than that of normal males. And zinc supplementation could significantly increase the sperm quality of infertile males. It's pretty significant. Yes. But what about, uh, what are some food sources we could get just to right. increase zinc. I'm sure people want to know, how can I get that from food? So some of the best food sources of zinc are going to include meat, you know, red meat, yep. especially yep. eggs and seafood. And, you know, eating about four ounces, that would be an estimate portion for women, maybe five or six for men, mm-hmm. five or six ounces will provide. It's going to really provide zinc if you're getting especially like red meat, eggs or seafood. Yep. Um, another thing is iron. Yes. You know, that's that's very important for fertility, although, you know, you don't want to just probably go out and take an iron no. supplement unless you know that you're deficient yep. with a test. But if you are deficient or are having difficulties getting mm-hmm. pregnant, it would be worth getting iron and ferritin tested. Yes. And the same foods that we just mentioned have iron mm-hmm. as well. And, and there was a study um, about women and iron. And so one of the studies found that women who don't get sufficient amounts of iron may suffer from anovulation, which is just lack of ovulation, and possibly poor egg health, which can inhibit pregnancy at a rate of 60% or higher than those with sufficient iron stores oh, in wow. their blood. That's, that's very significant. That's really interesting. So zinc, iron, another one is B vitamins. Yep. You know, and they can be a little bit more difficult to get from food Mm -hmm. with a processed food diet. Yes. You know, a lot of boxed and canned and frozen and fast food type of things. Um, So, you know, all of these things are really important and just eating real food, getting adequate protein uh, will definitely give B B vitamins, iron and zinc. Mm Mm-hmm. So again, we say food really does matter. And this may be a perfect time for both the man and the woman to recognize what they are eating or maybe what they're not eating and how it affects their fertility. And in fact, up to 50% of the infertility in couples is actually traced back to males' infertility issues. And like Cara mentioned earlier, we don't really talk about male infertility as much as female, you know, we just kind of assume right away that, you know, something must be going with the female. So when I sit down with these couples to find their solutions to their infertility, often they have eating and lifestyle habits that need to change. But we do know fertility is really complex and there might not be just one 
answer to their solution. It might be multiple things that that they do to to have a healthy pregnancy. And sometimes we even have to explore the nutrition of their parents of these couples because nutrition impacts our genes and how it is expressed in hmm. our overall health, but also our fertility. So interesting. So it would be worth finding out, you know, about your parents yep. and both sets of grandparents, if possible. Absolutely. You know. However, today we really just want to focus on some commonly asked questions about food and nutrition in regards to fertility and how certain lifestyle and eating habits affect fertility. Here's a question you need to ask yourself. Is my current diet supporting fertility or is it damaging it? And if we look at traditional cultures, what we see is that all of them had sacred fertility foods that they were required to eat for several months to prepare for a pregnancy. I find that so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this book that we all at the office, we all love it. It's called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. It was written in 1945 by Weston A. Price. He was a dentist who studied cultures that were not exposed to the modern world or Western diet. And because of that, they retained their cultural values. You know, they had not been Westernized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both the men and the women were, I mean, it was just part of their culture yep. to, they followed a fertility diet several months before they even started trying to become pregnant. Which I think is really important to think about, you know. I do too. I mean, I think. The planning part of it. Right. And not just the planning about what color is the nursery going to (laughs) be, which I know that's all fun. (laughs) The food part might not be as fun, but it's important to put as much time and energy into your body as it is to, you know. The baby stuff. (laughs) Um, And Brittany, I don't know if you've read that book. I have not read it like from start to finish. But there's some really interesting things in there. I know that Dr. Weston Price went to 14 different countries, some in Europe. I mean, he was like with, um, you know, different like native tribes. There were Eskimos. He was in a Swiss village, some Indian tribes in Canada. The Aborigines in Australia, he was in New Zealand, Peru. And so what he found is that, you know, they had not been modernized. And so they were, we're going to talk a little bit more about what they were eating when we come back from break. But it is time for our first break. And you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today, Brittany and I are discussing how food and nutrition can support fertility. We encourage you to stop drinking soda, both diet and regular, Mm -hmm. juice and skim milk. And instead, you really want to be drinking half of your body weight in ounces of filtered or purified water every day. So, for example, for a 140 pound woman, she should be drinking 70 ounces of water or about nine glasses of filtered or purified water, not tap water, though. So you might be thinking, well, what's wrong with tap water? Well, if you stay tuned, we'll come back with the answer after break. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. So before the break, Car was talking about tap water. So you're probably thinking, what is wrong with my tap water? Well, a study conducted in 2009 discovered that toxins found in tap water were associated with thyroid disease, cancer, 
and a decrease in immune function. But there's more. Drinking tap water increased the risk of infertility by anywhere from 70 to 154%. Wow. So if you're curious about this and you want to know more about the dangers of tap water, listen to our podcast from February 18th, 2018, titled, Is My Tap Water Safe? The contaminants in tap water increase the risk of infertility and other conditions as well. So to hear this podcast, you just go to our website, weightandwellness.com, click on podcast, then click on Is My Tap Water Safe? So before the break, we were talking about a fertility diet and how uh, a lot of cultures have the, these fertility foods. So what exactly did a fertility diet look like? Well, they had a lot of these special foods that were very nutrient dense. So organ meats like liver, heart, or even brain, egg yolks, raw dairy, or fish eggs. So all of those foods, like I said, very nutrient dense and had the healthy fat as well. So, so often when a couple is sitting across from me with fertility issues, not one of these fertility foods is being eaten. <laughs> I mean, it probably doesn't, the egg yolks might surprise yes. us, but I'm usually not super surprised if someone's not eating organ meats or fish eggs. But <laughs> <laughs> not a favorite food for right, most people. Right. <laughs> And sadly, I see a lot of women who've been on the low-fat, low-calorie, nutrient-depleted diets because they're on a weight-loss diet. You know, usually their diet is high in carbs, highly processed, and they've been told those 100-calorie, fat-free snack packs of cookies are healthy and cereal. But the problem is all these foods quickly turn into sugar or glucose in the Mm -hmm. body. These are not foods for fertility or for just general health for most people. They cause weight Mm -hmm. gain, cause anxiety, and this constant consumption of these high-carbohydrate processed foods increases our insulin, which over time causes insulin resistance. Yeah, and we'll talk, we'll touch a little bit more on insulin resistance um, later in the show, but I, I wanted to go back to one thing that you just said, because I, I think I don't think a lot of people realize this, that those high carbohydrate foods, even if they're low calorie, like your example was perfect. The hundred calorie mm-hmm. snack pack. Yep. That might be pretty low in calories, but if and usually people are eating those because they want to lose weight. Yep. However, all of the excess carbs that turn into that sugar in the bloodstream that actually gets stored as body fat. Yes. It's a great so point we have, to make. We have a lot of other shows that dive more into that yeah. shows that would be specifically on like weight loss or metabolism, yep. but that's definitely not the answer for no, weight loss. Not at all. <laughs> and in our weight and wellness classes, we share Dr. Weston A. Price's work and we point out that traditional cultures, which had no fertility issues, were eating at least 40% of their calories in healthy fat. And so, oh, go ahead, Brittany. I was just going to say, I think that probably surprises a lot of people. 40% of your calories from fat. Yes. I'm sure some alarm bells are going off in people's heads, you know, because we've been told that's not healthy. 
Exactly, exactly. We we still have this fat phobia. It's been going on for about 60 years. Mm-hmm. But we're, you know, we're going to debunk some of those myths. We I want to touch just a little bit more on Dr. Price's work, though. People might be wondering, well, what's in all those foods that would support fertility? Mm-hmm. Like when we talk about the organ meats or elite yep. egg yolks might be a little bit more practical. But the diets of those healthy native groups, what they contained that supported fertility was at least 10 times more vitamin A Mm. and vitamin D than the westernized American diet. And so those vitamins, vitamins A and D, are really only found in animal fats. And so things like butter actually would be another great one. Mm Mm-hmm. Lard, a good, healthy, not hydrogenated lard, egg yolks, fish oils, and then again, like those organ meats, shellfish, fish eggs. And, you know, Dr. Price described that those fat-soluble vitamins helped to basically absorb all of the other nutrients that were needed for fertility. So let's say you're just, you're eating really healthy, you're having protein, you're getting vegetables with minerals and vitamins. If you're so, somewhat eating low fat still, yeah. it's going to be really hard to absorb all of the things that, from the protein yep. and the vegetables. And so that's kind of really the the basis of his work. So we need the fat to increase the absorption of nutrients in our food. Exactly. So that's why a low fat diet does not support mm-hmm. fertility. Um, so, you know, back to the 40% fat in the calories of these traditional cultures. And most of the fat that they were eating, it was actually saturated fat. And they did eat butter, whole, real heavy whipping cream, lard, tallow, which comes from beef. And they certainly were not eating refined vegetable oils. They were not eating or, you know, they didn't have soybean oil corn oil, canola, or cottonseed oil in their foods. They actually didn't have access to fast food, box food, processed food, or restaurant and bar food. So if you're you're thinking you want to switch to a fertility diet, the first thing I recommend, stop eating those processed foods. Switch to a whole food diet and eat about one tablespoon of good saturated fat at every meal and snack. Dr. Walter Willett from Harvard Medical School researched what foods should be eaten to improve fertility and found high fat dairy foods to be one of the best. His research discovered that eating the heavy cream, cheese, full fat yogurt, and butter resulted in better fertility compared to low fat dairy. Specifically, Dr. Walter Willett's Harvard study found that women who drank skim milk, ate low-fat or non-fat yogurt, had an 85% higher infertility rate than women who ate full-fat dairy products. Wow, that's very, very significant. (laughs) I know, right. So from a nutritionist's point of view, it's clear that for good fertility, we need to be eating real, natural fat. And those low-fat foods can lead to infertility. What do you think people are thinking right now as we say that? <laughs> They're a little scared to be eating a lot of saturated fat. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so too. And I, we want to reassure you. And I mean, we've been saying this for years, <laughs> not to toot our own horn, but a few years ago, the nutrition advisory board came out and kind of, they switched their stance yeah. on the intake of foods that contain cholesterol. So there used to be a limit, I think, of 300 milligrams. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Which was like a couple of eggs per week or yep. something. But they found that that was really false research. Mm-hmm. There, actually, it wasn't even based on research. Yeah. So that myth has been debunked, and there is no limit on the amount of cholesterol that you should be eating in foods every day. So you could have three eggs every single day. Mm-hmm. And that's completely healthy. With cooked in butter. Yep. And I do that every day, actually. Yep, most people do. <laughs> or most of our clients Exactly. Yeah. Brittany, it's time for our next break already. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. While researching for today's show, I was surprised to learn that commonly used medications can cause infertility. A recent research study found that even short-term use of NSAIDs, which that would be like aspirin, ibuprofen, naproxen, that can prevent ovulation and cause infertility. The researcher who conducted the study suggested that these frequently used over-the-counter medicines, they decreased progesterone production. And that's a hormone that we need in order for the body to ovulate. So the next time you have a headache, what can you take instead that's going to be safe for you? Well, when we come back from break, Brittany's going to share some healthy alternatives. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, so many women and, you know, people in general believe that common over-the-counter medicines are completely harmless, but that is just not so. They can potentially decrease your fertility. So what could you take that is natural and still relieve those PMS cramps or headaches? I have found that magnesium glycinate works wonders for any type of cramps, really, whether that's PMS cramps, stomach cramps, leg cramps, even headaches. I mentioned it also helps with sleep. It helps to relax you to fall asleep, helps put you into a deeper sleep. So women who struggle with getting good sleep a week before their period have amazing results with just taking 400 milligrams of magnesium glycinate before bed. Um, Another very effective cramp reliever is a supplement called Caprex. It's safe, effective, and could be used for any sort of body discomfort. And both of these supplements are available at all seven nutrition, weight, and wellness locations in Twin Cities, Minnesota, but also available on our website, weightandwellness.com. And then if you have any questions, you can call 651-699-3438. So just to kind of recap what we were talking about before Mm -hmm. break, just basically foods to incorporate for fertility, foods to avoid. And we want to be eating full fat products and it's okay to be eating those saturated Mm -hmm. fats like butter, cream, things like that, um, egg yolks. And then we want to be avoiding all the things that you mentioned, Brittany, like the processed foods and also like the vegetable oils. Another thing that I think is important to at least consider with fertility is caffeine. And so, and I guess when I was, 
trying to get pregnant, I did. I didn't completely stop caffeine, but I did limit it. Mm -hmm. And I did as well. I know people have different opinions on when you're pregnant. I had a little bit of caffeine, but I did reduce it. But we um, there's there was a study found that two cups of coffee a day reduced the muscle activity in the fallopian tubes to the point that it interfered with the transporting of the eggs from the ovaries to the uterus. So just even making some of these small changes, making a lot of small changes can really result in big positive outcomes. Absolutely. And, you know, like we've been saying, there are just so many factors when it comes to fertility. And I mentioned this earlier, but you know, a lot of people are very surprised to learn that between 20 to 50% of infertility is actually um, a male problem. The lower the sperm count and the poorer the sperm quality, the longer it will take to get pregnant. Some of you might be thinking, well, what do you know about the causes of male infertility? Well, research has found that infertile men have lower levels of omega-3 fatty acids in their sperm often have higher levels of omega-6 coming from those refined oils. So sources of omega-3s, because you're mm-hmm. probably thinking that. Right. Fatty fish really our best source. Um, a lot of people don't love that. So you can always supplement with omega-3s. Right. And that would be a very safe thing to do. And we do often recommend that. Yes. I mean, it can be hard to get enough cold water, fatty fish, especially living in Minnesota. Right. (laughs) And again, you know, people might not love salmon or sardines or herring or Mm -hmm. some of those fattier fish that contain more omega threes. So if you are thinking of supplementing and considering that, we just recommend that you, you know, you know, don't go to a big box store Yeah, because just like fish can be contaminated with mercury, lead, PCBs, so can fish oil supplements. Absolutely. So you want to get a good quality, preferably from a practitioner. Mm-hmm. We have some great ones at our all of our stores. Um, but even from like a, a naturopathic doctor or if you have a physician or a chiropractor or yeah. someone that sells it, that would be another good solution. And we also know that metabolic syndrome can be an issue or it is an issue in male fertility because insulin resistance throws off the hormone balance. So then men, what happens is they end up with too much estrogen and low testosterone. So to be honest, excess estrogen leads to infertility in men. Mm -hmm. And women. And women. Yeah, Yeah, both. Yep. So how about if we just touch a little bit more on, well, first of all, metabolic syndrome. Yeah. I use that term and I said that metabolic syndrome is an issue in male infertility. If you're wondering, what is metabolic syndrome? Well, it's it's everything that people are trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a combination of obesity, heart disease, um, diabetes, high blood pressure, high blood pressure. And typically, you know, not everyone is going to be. Well, I guess people usually are obese or overweight with metabolic syndrome it's, I suppose it's possible to have the other conditions mm-hmm. and not be overweight. But typically you're going to see that profile in someone that's struggling with weight that also yep. has a lot of like cardiovascular issues yep. and, and blood sugar issues. And, and again, that insulin resistance, it's happening from eating all of those processed carbohydrates, 
which causes low testosterone, which affects the sperm quality. Um, so right. that insulin resistance really has a huge impact on our body it and really our fertility. Does. Yeah. And at the beginning of the show, we mentioned several times that food matters. And I think you're beginning to see that in relation to fertility. And But now we're going to share some food habits that we recommend to increase fertility and to support just your overall health. So eliminating inflammatory foods. So what are inflammatory foods, you ask? Well, those are sugar, bad fats, such as soybean oil, corn oil, cottonseed oil. I mean, cotton isn't even a food, so why would we be creating <laughs> oil out of it? And our owner, Dar, always, I always think of her as saying, cottonseed is the worst oil yes. out there. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't get any worse. Um, canola oil, vegetable oil, all of those would be refined bad fats. And then just processed foods in general. So fast foods, cereals, cereal bars, chips, bagels, jello, um, you know, a lot of restaurant food. Basically, all of this food, it comes from a factory. Mm -hmm. You're not finding any cereal bushes or pasta trees out there. It's all very <laughs> processed and not coming from the earth. So true. So remember what the traditional cultures they only ate real food. They didn't even have access to these processed foods. Mm -hmm. So their diet was very nutrient-rich. They had grass-fed meat, wild-caught fish, lots of vegetables, and that good natural fat, and mostly saturated fat. Exactly. And that might, that might be a new take-home message for listeners today, is that it's okay, and it's actually preferable yes. for fertility to be eating these full-fat foods that are, are saturated mm -hmm. in nature. Um, so we want to just assure you again that that is completely safe. If you do have metabolic syndrome or insulin resistance, yep. if you're struggling with weight, if you have high cholesterol, high blood pressure, if you have diabetes, we're still saying, yes, eat butter. Eat the full um, fat. Yep, definitely. Absolutely. And there might be some mixed messages in the medical there community, but I think it really depends on the the provider that you're working mm -hmm. with and how kind of up to speed they are on the research mm -hmm. and the current information and guidelines that have come out. And so one eating habit, we'll just kind of go on to another eating habit that I find many clients with fertility issues have is skipping meals. And, you know, that can be for a variety of reasons. Yep. It could be because they're trying to lose weight. Yep. It could be because they're busy and they forget. They forget. Maybe yep. they're not hungry. They forget to eat. Or there's a lot of reasons that people skip meals. But when you skip meals, you're not able to maintain stable blood sugar. And we're already a society of high stress. And if we skip meals, that actually puts more stress on our body. So eating, we really recommend eating every probably three to four hours. Mm-hmm. And that keeps our blood sugar stable, which is less stressful on the body. And did you know that one of the most stressful things that people can do on a daily basis is to skip meals? So that causes low blood sugar and that can create a whole lot of hormone imbalances. I yes. mean, you, you kind of have adrenaline and cortisol. Yep. Um, you tend to be more likely to store fat. 
You have more cravings. Exactly. And that might not even happen until later in the day that you realize, oh, gosh, I haven't eaten. Yes. And now it's nighttime and I'm eating everything. But really, any type of stress, including low blood sugar, is not conducive to fertility. So I recommend, you know, if you want more information, consider taking our weight and wellness series of classes And you can learn to eat real food in balance several times per day to support fertility and your health. Now, if you have friends or family who have been unsuccessful in getting pregnant, please share this podcast with them. Because making simple changes in food choices and lifestyle habits can really make all the difference they need to experience a pregnancy. You know, it's a very it can be a very emotional issue. Mm -hmm. Well, we're at our last break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're trying to conceive and you want to do everything possible to make that happen, well, first of all, I suggest you make an appointment with Brittany. She's amazing. And again, she's very knowledgeable in this area. We also have other nutritional weight and wellness dietitians and nutritionists that are also great at other offices. And let's be honest, if you're eating low fat, you're indulging in sugary treats throughout the day and eating fast food, it will no doubt take probably, what would you say, Brittany? I mean, maybe a package of three or (laughs) a few consultations. It could take a while. It could take a while. It's not a one appointment (laughs) thing. Exactly. So you might need to... Have a few appointments, at least, to make the necessary changes. The good news is that at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we have helped many couples make the food and lifestyle changes they needed to be able to conceive. And we would love to help you, too. So give our office a call, 651-699-3438. You can go to our website, weightandwellness.com. You can set up an appointment today. We love working with people face-to-face. But if you live in New York... South Dakota, Montana, California, or for that matter, I mean, even overseas, we're happy to do a phone appointment with you. So we want this to work for you and we can help you. And if you have any questions today, give our studio a call 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. As we mentioned earlier, infertility is a very complex problem. We understand that for most people, it takes time to make changes in their food and their lifestyle habits. We believe in the saying, change your nutrition, change your fertility. So are you puzzled over what to give your mother or your mother-in-law, your sister, your friend for Christmas? Well, we have the answer for you. Give them a weight and wellness gift certificate. They could spend it on a class or consultation. And also, we really invite you to tune in next week to hear Dar and Marcy discuss food habits and depression. And if you're local, that's next Saturday, 8 a.m., same place, same time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Otherwise, you can always catch our podcast. Um, We're on iTunes. And so the shows are available a variety of ways. Food really matters when someone's dealing with depression as well. Yes. So that's going to be a great show. So I think at at this point, it's also important to mention that 
the number one cause for infertility in women is actually something called PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it affects one in 10 women of childbearing age. It's a lot. Of wow. Women. One in 10. Yeah. I don't know if people realize that. Yes. And a lot of times it goes undiagnosed. You know, many women don't find out about it until they're actually trying to conceive. Mm-hmm. And so PCOS, Brittany, I know you tend to get a lot of clients with that because yep. I, I always consider you, I refer people to you. Mm-hmm. Brittany's the expert in hormones and, and even more specifically PCOS. But that's always tied to something called insulin resistance, right? It is most of the time, yeah. Most of the time, yep. okay. There's different, there's different kinds of PCOS um, and it manifests differently in every woman, but the main cause of it and kind of the main type of PCOS is the insulin resistant kind. Okay. So like we mentioned, those, you know, the processed carbohydrates and and eating low fat really just makes makes the symptoms mm-hmm. worse. And symptoms could be all over the board, you know, weight gain, um, acne, especially cystic acne, hair loss, mm-hmm. um, anxiety and depression is common. So there's there's many different symptoms. And typically associated with the weight gain as well yep. from the insulin resistance. Yep. Yep. So insulin resistance, that's a pretty complex thing. I, we're not going to dive into like the science really behind that because that could be a whole show in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to kind of let listeners know what insulin resistance is, you know, typically when we eat food and I guess carbohydrates, mm-hmm. if we're eating a small, a moderate amount of carbohydrates, I always, I always give a number, let's just say 25 grams yep. with a meal. Yep. That's a pretty moderate amount. And so that might be like one piece of toast mm-hmm. or one banana. Yep. <laughs> and so we eat that food it raises our blood sugar and our pancreas secretes insulin, which is a very important hormone. And the job of insulin is to bring get the get the blood sugar from being so high and get that blood sugar back down. It actually transfers it into our cells mm-hmm. where we can utilize that for energy. Now, that's if everything's working correctly. Yep. So what if somebody's eating two pieces of toast for breakfast? pasta for lunch, um, you know, two cups of potato for dinner. Well, yeah. then a lot of carbohydrates. It is a lot of carbs. Our body can't utilize all of those carbohydrates. Um, The excess gets stored as fat, creates inflammation. And then eventually the the insulin is not able to carry the glucose in the cell and make energy very efficiently anymore. Mm -hmm. And then insulin resistance happens. So the pancreas, I mean, it starts like pumping out more insulin to try to do the job that it used to be able to do with a little bit of insulin. And all of a sudden you have high blood sugars. People know that term, right? That's like prediabetes. But then you have high insulin in the Mm -hmm. bloodstream and that causes inflammation and a whole host of other issues. Um, But if you have high blood sugars and high insulin for a period of time, it doesn't happen overnight that kind of creates that insulin resistance where it's harder to burn fat. Oh, it's a and lot the carbohydrates harder. that you're eating kind of have a pathway right into fat storage. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like that's you, 
And you're like, gosh, you know, I feel like everything I eat just makes me gain weight or I can't lose weight. Likely you have some of that insulin resistance. And, you know, at that point, our body is also trying to compensate by wanting to eat more carbs and sugar. So it it can be like this vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, And so I guess you can listen to more shows on how to overcome that, but just reducing those starchy carbohydrates, eating vegetables, protein, and healthy fat over time can heal and reverse that insulin resistance. We also have a lot of articles and podcasts on the PCOS as well. So if um, that's something that you want to learn more about and and another major symptom that I didn't mention is missing periods. Oh, yes. Thank you for saying that. Kind of a a big symptom of PCOS. So, um, you know, another thing that we haven't touched too much on in the beginning of the show, we started talking about how toxins, mm-hmm. um, the toxins in our environment, all yep. kinds of toxins yes. can make it harder to become pregnant. They're and everywhere. It affects men and women. Yep. Both. And it can create like more estrogen dominance. Yes. Too much estrogen in the body. So there's... Um, xenoestrogens they're called and they're chemicals that mimic estrogen in our body and the estrogen dominance is really quite common in women and you know as we mentioned men have it too and essentially estrogen dominance for women is too much estrogen in comparison to their progesterone Mm -hmm. so that could lead to hormonal acne on their chin it could lead to pms um migraines or headaches with their cycle, hot flashes. I mean, there's there's many symptoms on that. Sure. But where would we find some of these xenoestrogens? Oh, Brittany, I mean, unfortunately, they're everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, just a couple things, you know, people really should be avoiding plastics yep. of any kind. Yep. We need to be switching to stainless steel and glass containers. And I'm I've made that change gradually. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't process. have to be overnight. Oh, my goodness. All right. We need to wrap it up. We could have kept going. You know, our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message. Eating real food is life changing. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you.